Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They are the only sunflower seed company that is taking the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. This meeting is being recorded. What is going on, everybody? We are back at it again, sitting here with the amazing, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Jim Cross of In Off the Bend. Jim, season two, baby. Season two of Pros and Joes is rolling around. Last year we had friends or foes. This year's a little different. We've got a couple cats in here today. I'm excited to talk about it. We're back and better. You guys demanded we bring back the Joes. I'm excited to sit with some pros. Today, we got Brock Wilson and Tommy Hawk. Guys, how are we feeling today? Let's go. Let's do it. I'm hyped. Feeling good. Let's do it. All right. So, listen, fellas, we got a lot of things we got to talk about. We're going to talk Milwaukee Brewers. We're going to talk some Cleveland Guardian baseball. But as a Cubs fan, I was very, very interested in how the playoffs were going this year. So, I'm going to start off with Brock. I'm going to start off with my guy, Brock. Now, now that the Brewers are gone, I want an honest, I want an honest take. Tommy, we're gonna get you next. Who do you got going to the World Series and winning it all? Well, uh, first off, I'm sorry you're a Cubs fan. I mean, that's just for brutal okay. take, brutal take I, to start. I try off. my but best. Hey, I try my hey, best. Shy Town, right or die, like you said. Well, so. he's lo- he's loyal. I mean, look at his Bears right now. He's he's watching that on the back screen, just hoping they can get a dub. Hey, you and my dad both. You ain't lying. My dad's a huge Bears fan, so. Uh, uh-huh. But uh, you know, I I like I like this year's playoffs. It's kind of got a good mix of everything. You know, the Braves are obviously the favorite to win it all. Um, I think on the AL side, you got you got the Orioles who are like a sleeper but not a sleeper. Um, and you know that you obviously got the heavyweight Dodgers who are always in contention. But I think I think I got the the Braves and uh, the Braves and the Orioles would be my pick. Loki. That's crazy. I just texted Jim the other day that, that the, or it was Jim or Randy. I texted. I said, those are my picks. I got, I got ATL winning. Come on. You got to show some love to Austin Riley. You got to show some love, but yeah. um, I mean, yeah, I, I'm ready for him to come back on and talk about other world series. It don't hurt the podcast. None at all. Yeah, it don't hurt. It don't hurt. And yeah. if you haven't checked out that episode yet, you got to definitely show it some love on it off the bench, but Tommy brother, What's up? give me something. What do we got? What do we got? NL, AL, who's taking the crown? Man, I grew up a Yankees fan, so I was an AL guy. But I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with the Braves. I'm gonna go with the Braves for sure. Uh, they're just easily the best team in the league. See, if they, if, if they were if they were if they were loyal to their boy Nick Kurtz, he's a diehard Phillies fan. They should be riding with their boy in the Phillies. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, maybe, but nah, the Braves are nasty. For sure. Braves, Braves, Braves lineup's just too good. Without <laughs> a doubt. How many how many how many hit 30 home runs, Mike? Uh, I think it was five or six. Five, I think it was five or six. I think five, eight, 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 hit eight, yeah. eight, eight hit 20. Eight hit 20. Eight hit 20. Um, and we're gonna skip Jim because obviously no one wants the opinion of a St. Louis Cardinals fan after Bruh, the season. This is the had. this is the worst season we ever had in our lifetime, right? <laughs> That's why you're enjoying it, bro. We ain't never oh, been dude. bad. When Flaherty got traded, <laughs> Jim didn't talk to me for two days. I mean, <laughs> you gonna hold on? We are gonna talk about not talking when Wilson Contreras came to us. You cried like a baby. How'd that go? How'd that go? Keep him. 
Yeah, them. you can say keep them now, but <laughs> in real time, he was mad as hell. Keep them. Keep them. Bye. Right. See ya. Anyway, moving on. Neither team is in this this debate, but if you want to know my opinion, since you don't want to know my opinion, mm-hmm. I've got I've got the Braves as well. But unfortunately, I got the team that I hate uh, the most, and the Astros going because they just always are. I like. And that. then, of course, I'm like not going to pick the Astros to win it all. I'm going to go Braves. You know, I only picked the Astros once, and that was for Dusty. He got his one. Never again. Uh, Never going. Yeah, to do it you, again. you can you can skip that. You can miss that one. Gotta love Dusty. Gotta give some love to Dusty. But he got his love, so he's over. But Brock, we're getting it off. We gotta talk to you, man. I've I've been hearing a lot of stuff. Obviously, in the shy, we take it really serious. Shoe game. Jim tells me all the time that you and him chop it up, discuss things more than baseball. We're talking shoes, we're talking laces, we're talking threads, we're talking everything. Got that contract. So a minor league contract rolling through. So talk to me about a couple purchases you've made so far, if any, especially when it comes to the shoe game. Yeah, well, first off, I mean, you got me and Tommy right here on the show, and we got the two – we we I mean, the two best guys in the Wake Forest Clubhouse with the most drip by far, not even close. Like, uh, you know, me me and Tom, we come in the locker, and each of us have new shoes and be like, hey, yo, that, that's fire. That's fire. Me and Tom me and Tom got the best, the best drip by far. Um, but, you know, I think – um, I bought some, uh, some Chicago split dunks, um, some, some fire dunks, um, but I did sign with new balance. So, you know, it's gotta, I, I can't be really buying Nikes and new balances oh. or Nikes and Under Armors anymore. So like, I gotta, I gotta kind of switch up my flow. Bro, well, I haven't bought New Balance long. Like, have they expanded their game or are we still looking like frat boys? It's, it's getting there. It's, I would it's say, getting top- there. Hey, you can speak on it better than I can, but I'll say they're they're getting places. All right. They, they are. They're getting places. You know, they they're they're really invested. They became the uh the lifestyle shoe for for the MLB. So they they've gotta they've gotta keep updating their stuff. But it's good so far. I mean, I'm I'm what I'm noticing, Jim, this is just from the outside looking in. They're into the swaggy white boys. They got Brock, they got Jack Harlow. I'm waiting for my offer. That's just what I, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. That's but, yeah, you know, me and Jack Harlow, swaggy white guys, yeah. you know how it is. I don't but know. Yeah, I me, think Brock, Brock will put me on though. I but but me and Brock, me and Brock obviously talk shoes. But the first Wake Forest game I attended in person out there in Winston Salem, I I messaged Brock. First thing I noticed, I looked down and I seen Tommy's cleats when he was going on the on deck circle. That black and gold, oh, they look so sweet. Yeah, you saw that. <laughs> That's why he makes those ridiculous catches. I think they actually got some extra speed in those cleats. They might. They 100%. might. Hundred percent, Tommy. We it's got like, one it's like uh, it's like it's like you ever seen Like Mike the movie? Yeah. Come on. Puts, Have I seen a, Like Mike? A, he puts he puts on the Jordans. He, he can fly. It's like Tommy. He, he puts on the shoes. He makes unreal catches. No, on God, I, Tommy. I was just watching some of your stuff today. Um, Jim's been talking about you guys forever, and I was just getting to it. And I'm like, man, I'm watching this kid. I'm like, this kid gets to the league. I'm gonna see some Jordan Nikes on his feet. Got the cleats like the like the Fernando Tatis Jr. stuff. Like, oh, this kid's gonna be one of the flyest kids in the league. But yeah. we got a question for you real here, you know, just talking about it. Aaron Fit from D1 Baseball put you on his all-fit team, talking crazy. He said, he had so much to say about you. When Jim sent me this, I sent me this quote. I said, damn, I ain't never seen a guy say something so long in my life. Because usually you get like, oh, yeah, he's got drip. But this guy, he's feeling you. He said, and I quote, we're going to get the whole quote in there to give Tommy some love. Got to stroke that ego. He said, however tall he is, Hawk is a dynamo who made Wake Forest baseball high Oh, I can't even say. Oh, what does that say, Jim? High octane, bro. 
Bro, I don't know the word octane. I'm trying, though. He said offense go for two straight seasons. He can also play on the edge with people around the program. Compare him to the character Ruth from the Netflix series Ozark because he's a country kid with a foul mouth who just wants to beat your ass. Talk to me. Talk to me about this assessment really quickly. Talk to me. What's what's the vibe like after that, Tommy? Is that is that valid? Is that valid? I mean, you can say it's valid. I mean, I go out every day. Don't really matter what it is. I just try to beat your ass. I mean, don't really matter. I mean, but on the drip side of things, I feel like, I, I mean, I don't rock like a bunch of accessories and all that shit. I feel like I kind of got my own drip. I wear my shoes. I wear whatever. I just play with like, I play the way I play and it's just, it creates your own drip. You know what I'm saying? Well, the thing is, he doesn't have to have the drip in the sense of Mike, when he goes out to the outfield, he does, you know, he does his wings because, you know, his last name's Hawk. That with it itself <laughs> is just cool as shit. You know who he reminds me a lot of? Um, Pete Crow Armstrong. That's what I was going to text you earlier. I'm watching this kid, the same swagger, the same tenacity, the way he carries himself. And you, some people could see it as cockiness. I see it as, hey, he could back up what he does. You know what I mean? Like, he backs it all up with how he plays. And, you know, that's definitely something that the game desperately needs right now. Look, so you, you know you know the character he is, though. So I went on 60-foot, 6-inch podcast with Chris Moy from LSU, um, the two-time national champion. Uh he said, man, Tommy Hawk rubs me wrong. And I said, why? He goes, he's the guy that if he's on my team, man, like he's the guy I want on my team. But if he's not on my team, he just gets on my damn nerves. Yeah. <laughs> he's got that, that, that Patrick Beverly, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jim just loves naming guys. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just glad he's got his hair growing back out. This man, hey, Daniel, Daniel precursored his show by saying, we have a guy who has one of the best hair flows in the game. And then he shows up to the episode the day he got his damn hair cut off. <laughs> Tommy, what are we doing, bro? What are we – that's a setting up. That's a setup Man, right I there. Need, I need a little something fresh for, after a season for sure. I need a little something. Well, speaking of season, let, let's do a little Wake Forest recap before we get into the MILB. Uh, Brock, I'm going to start with you, man. Uh, you know, you came on the show before you were the ACC home run king. Man, just even though you're now, you know, moving on to the professional ranks, just how much does having that record and how holding that crown mean to you? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 pretty sweet. You know, you you can look back on your career and be like, you know, damn, I really I really made an impact on 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 something bigger than myself. Um, you know, bigger bigger than myself, bigger than the program, and you know, for me to hold that hold that record in the ACC, um, you know, it's something special, but. I also got to be careful because one of my own damn teammates might break it and Nick hurts. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. I still think he don't got enough juice to do it, but we'll see. Well, it's all going to do, you know, this, it's all going to depend upon the protection around them because that was the beauty of you two, right? Y'all were able to protect each other right there in the order. You had Tommy in front of y'all. So we'll see how this team lines up. Obviously they're stacked and we're going to get into that later, but yeah, the, the way y'all were able to protect each other, it made it real easy. Nobody could go around you guys. Um, For sure. But Tommy, Tommy, a lot of people, you know, doubted Wake Forest. You know, we talked about that before, but a lot of people doubted you even more, man. Um, they talk about your size, which you know, we we've we talked about that. Your your heart and effort and uh, energy outdoes out that, and you know, you help lead your team to Omaha. And I've seen you make the biggest of plays on the biggest of stage. But let me ask you now that you're getting to the to the next level, man. Are you taking that embrace of hate? Do you, is that something you just enjoy? I think 
Yes, for sure. I think that the way I play the game, it doesn't like change no matter where I'm at. Like, I feel like it's kind of been my whole life. I've played it the same way and it's just like kind of like a balls to the wall type thing. And you just kind of rip it. You just fucking full send it and you just do it. And if you talk some shit, yeah, that shit's fun. You talk some shit to some opposing teams and you damn just beat some ass. That shit's always fun. Like, <laughs> That's just this is why Aaron Fitt made a great reference, Mike. You see that? He he's a little he's a little angry in that. <laughs> he's, he's spunky, man. He reminds me of uh you remember Crash Bandicoot back in the nineties when he used to rock that game. He's got that energy to him, man. He's just breaking shit. Man, you referencing the nineties, man. These these dudes. When were y'all born? Oh two. Oh, okay. yeah, a little older. Damn, I graduated in 02. It just got real. I'm old as man, hell. You old as hell. But the dude who made that fake Twitter account of me said I was in my mid-40s. Man, he said, I'm 39, he said he bro. Bruh. He said, hey, let me tell you guys. Got I, I, I had somebody message me, uh, Garrett Wood, who's now on the uh, Georgia coaching staff, played for Ole Miss, was captain last year. He messaged me and said, hey, bro, there's a dude getting in a fight with Peyton Chatagnier, uh on Twitter pretending to be you. And I go look at his account, and he's been talking shit to all these college baseball players, acting like me. But in the uh, description of who I am, it says, I've taken more steroids than Barry Bond. Um, because I was in the military, I'm superior in knowledge, and I'm in my mid-40s and hang out with college kids to be cool. Anyway, he's he's an old Miss fan. I'm going to find him. Just wait. Just wait. I'm going to make the news, Mike. Uh, but anyway, this show ain't about me. Brock, draft day. Tell us what it's like, man. Who are you with? You know, uh, where were you at? What were the emotions like, you know, getting drafted in the first round, uh, you know, 18th pick by the Brewers? Yeah, it was, you know, I kind of just had to treat it like any other day. Um, I, I went, went through my, my normal daily routine. Um, I woke up. I, I got some breakfast. I went to the field uh, with my brothers and my dad. Um, got our work in there and uh, went to the gym afterwards. Got a little – got a good lift in. Um, came home. Played some wolf ball in the backyard with my brothers. Um, took a nap. It was like 530. I was like, ah, I'm going to take a nap. Um, you know, took a nap and then uh, kind of just got ready for the draft. And it uh, wasn't, wasn't a lot of people there. Um, it was kind of like 40 people, um, you know, 40 close family and friends uh, that I wanted to be there for that day. Uh, just because you never know what's going to happen. You know, that day is crazy as hell. So I didn't want to have a bunch of people there and then it'd be a huge letdown. Um so, guys kept it small, um, and then, you know, as it got to the 10th pick, uh, my agent started calling me, and, you know, my range started from 13 um, with the Cubs anywhere to, to 36, and, buddy, you're telling Tommy, me, dude, it was – They it messed was, up, Mike. Tommy, you hear this right now? It was a whirlwind. He was, uh. talking, he was talking earlier, man, telling me, I'm so sorry. We could have been in this boat together. Brock, hey. come on, man. Hey, you ain't lying. You ain't lying. It ain't, his, it ain't his fault they didn't make the pick, bro. You acted like it was his fault. Listen, bro, I just feel like, you know what I mean? If you would have just wore a hat yeah. or something. Or, you lost you know a lot I mean? of home runs, Mike. A lot of them, bro. You know what? I had Cody Bellinger. I'll take it. <laughs> I, I, now, now, now I just got a little chip on my shoulder against the Cubs and have to go off against you guys every Ooh. year. That's unfortunate. Ooh. That's unfortunate. It's and, just too bad you'll be too far back in the standings for it to oh, matter. But it's okay. They, ju they just made the postseason. You didn't. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, but like, 
But and what happened? Oh, congratulations. Hey, Two but, more games. But. but let me tell you this, Mike. Let me we, we was talking about DB and messing around earlier. Let me tell you this. So we made a prediction on Brock because every draft, well, he was talking about, you know, 13 through it. Man, you looked at every mock draft. He was like 13, 17, 22, 27. You didn't know where he was going to go. So we made predictions. I went with 20 seconds, so I didn't give my boy enough credit. Daniel Ball, man, 18, and that's where he went. Daniel nailed it. So, yeah, that's sick. That's sick. And it was kind of cool. Like, you know, the, the Brewers were one of the, like, the fewest teams that I, I talked to the least. Like, I barely talked to them at all. So, you know, it kind of just makes it that much cooler of a story. It'd be like, you know, I, I didn't talk to these guys at all. They didn't really talk to me. And then, you know, kind of the perfect storm happened and they selected me. And now it's been a, a great story ever since. I always yeah. felt like, you know, and this is just from my personal experience in minor league baseball. Like, that's really how it goes, though. Like, that's really the conversations that so many of these guys have. Unless you're the number one overall pick, obviously, you know, those organizations are going to stroke your ego and do whatever you got to do. But I feel like a lot of the time they don't want to show their hand to other organizations. They don't want other teams yep. knowing like, hey, this is this is who we're picking because there will be teams like the Cubs. There will be teams like the Cardinals and other people within the division that are going to see those and be like, oh, listen, we got to snatch this guy up. So I feel like that's I mean, that's really how we see so many guys get drafted. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, it was it was weird because some teams were were really like, you know, hey, if if we get to your pick. We're, we're taking you, um, you know, if you get to our pick, we're taking you. And other teams were like, you know, we don't know. He's fourth, fifth, sixth on our list. Um, you know, when, when that pick gets to us. So I don't know, it was, it was a really cool day. The emotions were high. Um, you know, I think everyone that was there probably shed a tear or two, um, you know, never see my dad cry and he cried. So that was, that was pretty good. I'll hold that against him forever. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I had, I was had my my best friends uh, right next to me, Camden Manassi, Bennett Lee, um, my best friend growing up, um, Grady McGuire, and then I had my family right behind me. So those are kind of you know the main crew of people um, that I wanted to be surrounded by on that special day. Yeah, I tell you this, Mike. When it comes to the Central, man, obviously you remember last year a lot of guys, you know from and off the bench it went to the Cubs and basically all going anywhere but the Cardinals this year was even worse obviously you know Skeens went first pick to the Pirates but the one that bothered me the most was um one of their teammates first Rhett Louder he obviously wasn't a guest but he goes to the Reds and then with the last pick and the supplemental pick they get Ty Floyd from um LSU who's obviously a guest and my boy and then in the third round they get Hunter Holland who was an absolute stud for Arkansas meanwhile Cardinals got no pitching the Reds just get three top-tier pitchers. We go out and do what we do. Yeah. We go get an outfielder and a shortstop, and it's like, damn, you know, we really can't ever win if you don't get pitching. So well, it just made well, it worse. Remember, remember, Jim, you have an ace in Jack Flaherty. We oh, don't have man. him. Oh, no. yeah, that's right. It's time God. to move on to Tommy in the gardens. I ain't wait, wait, wait. Him. Before we do that, before we, but don't forget, though, it's you can create pitching out of nothing, Jim, when you have an amazing catcher like Wilson Contreras. Oh, that's crazy. Right. I've been waiting a year for this, boys. Boys, I've been waiting a calendar year for this episode. You're still gonna... you're still in their thunder. You need to go on somewhere. <laughs> so, Tommy, man, for you, draft day, obviously, you know, you knew you weren't going in the first round, but obviously the potential was to go um, definitely in the higher rounds. You know, what were the emotions like? Who were you with? And, um, you know, what was that process like for you? Cool. For me, draft day was – Kind of just like a very anxious day 
I'd say, because I had no idea what was going to happen. I felt like, I mean, I had talked to the Guardians actually more than anybody, which was, I guess, like Brock saying, it's kind of a cool story because I did talk to them more than anybody. It's kind of the opposite of Brock. And they were the team that ended up drafting me. But, I mean, it was – I was with my family. I had my I had my brothers there. I had my parents there and then my grandparents. And then one or two of my tight friends and uh, my girlfriend. And that was about it. Um, but we were just hanging out, pretty much just waiting for the phone call and seeing what happened. And, yeah, and, like, sixth round came around. And I ended up getting the call. And I actually – Ended up saying no to the first offer, but taking the second one. But that's just kind of what happened. It was kind of just this crazy day, and just it was very anxious, and just I don't know. I didn't know what was going to happen, so I was just like hanging out with my friends and family, and just trying to have fun with the whole thing instead of making it like a very uptight thing. And I was just trying to have fun and be happy with my family. Yeah, we talked to before before you said, Mike. I said we've talked to a lot of guys who they'll go hit the gym or something and won't even watch because they don't want to be stressed. Like, we've had guys say they got they got a phone call while they was working if out. I'm being on, if I'm being honest, I actually wasn't even watching the draft when I got the phone call. I wasn't watching it at all or anything. I was on my back porch just hanging out, kind of away from everyone, away from my family, everything. And then next thing you know, my advisor called me, and it just kind of happened. I wasn't even in the room or nothing when it when I, whenever I was actually going to get drafted, but so it was kind of just like a cool little thing. I was just hanging out, trying to make it the best day possible for myself. Cause I didn't know what was going to happen. So you declined that first offer though. And and you kind of like, I, I'm curious, like for me, cause it's like, you know, your worth and, and you, you know, obviously you have an advisor. People are like, Hey, listen, like we can afford to decline this right now. But is there any part of you that's like thinking in that moment, like, okay, well, what are they going to say to me declining? And, like, how is that going to change, like, the entire night or how that could go? Or were you just like, <laughs> were you just like, fuck it? Like, yeah, I know what but I'm You picked up on his mentality. That being, is how you're Okay, old. okay, if I'm, being, if I'm being completely honest with y'all, I got a phone call, and I heard the number with the pick that I was getting picked at, and I was like, I immediately just said no. And I hung up the phone, and it was actually, it was just with my advisor, and then, like, 25 seconds go by and they call back. My advisor calls me back and he's like, yeah, they're going to offer your slot. And I was just like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go. But it was kind of just like a nut up or shut up type thing. It was just like, nah, fuck that on the first one. And it was like, fuck yeah. On the second one, you know? Nah, for sure. For sure, man. And that's, and that's how I feel like, you know, we have that conversation a lot is like guys like Drew Gilbert, you know, we talk about all the time, PCA, all these guys, you know, when you understand what you're worth, respectfully, because we're not getting none of you boys in trouble, but like minor league baseball, there, there's so many levels to it. We got guys mm-hmm. who are living check to check. And then we got guys who are 18, 17 years old from the Dominican Republic making $50 million. Like there's just so many different levels to it. Um, I know Evan Russell. Contract for all that money and he's sitting there holding my $25 baseball hostage. Man, come on. But Jim, you know, we, we talked about that with Evan Russell when Evan was talking about you know, when he has those conversations with a bunch of 16-year-old kids who are making 10 times more than just right. guys who are national champions. And he realizes he's he's, tw- he's 24 years old and these teenagers are better than him. That's why he was like, I just got to hang up the cleats, bro. It ain't going to happen. No, and, there, and there's so many levels to it. So you got to get your bang for your buck, man. But Brock, 
we want to take it through right now. You get that phone call, you hang up. What is the process like following that? How do you, how do you move? When do you actually get to be a part of the organization and obviously get on the field? Yeah. So, you know, I kind of, I kind of took that, that call in my parents' room. Um, and it was, you know, like I said, it was, it was super stressful. Like I wasn't stressed because I felt like the first 10 picks were kind of solidified. It was just a matter of who was going to go in what order of those 10 right. picks. Um, and, you know, there was so there were some talks about the angels being really interested at, at 11. Um, the diamondbacks were in there at 12. So like teams coming in later and later, um, throughout the draft process, you know, throwing in, throwing in numbers, throwing in phone calls. And, um, you know, I went in there the first time, um, and it was with the Cubs. And um, my agent's like, you know, we're 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 working on closing this deal. You know, we'll we'll see how it goes. And um, I was like, all right, sounds good. I just hang up the phone, and I stay in my parents' room. And uh, he calls me back like 30 seconds later, and he's like, they're going with someone else. I'm pissed, and just hang up the phone. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, sounds good. Uh, all right. Thanks. See you. Bye. Like I didn't even say bye to him. He just hung up the phone. Um, and you know, I went back out there and I was like, what do I like tell my friends and family that are out there right now? You know? And thankfully I had my parents and my uncle right there, um, giving me a lot of advice and they were just like, you know, tell them it's like a checkup call. Um, cause you know, you go in there and everyone knows what the call is going to be about and it's likely you're going to be the next pick. And um, so I was like, damn, that's a huge letdown. I don't, I don't want to tell them that. Um, so I just end up telling them, oh, you know, it was a check, check in, like everything's going to be all right. And, um, the next pick is 14 with the Red Sox. Same thing happens. I'm a minute away from being a cub. I'm in a minute away from being a Red Sox, like so close in two back-to-back picks. And then I'm like, oh my God, I start sweating, dude. I'm like, Oh, I can't handle this shit. My anxiety's through the roof. Like I got all these people here. And I finally got so pissed off because 15, 16, 17 go by and I don't hear from anyone. I got so pissed off at 17. Um, not that the pick was made, just that like I didn't have any calls back. Right. And so I'm like, you know, fuck this. And I end up leaving the couch and leaving my phone on the couch, which on draft day is the number one rule you're not supposed to do. Like you, you don't leave your phone hanging out, you know, like, and I like get to my parents' room and everyone's screaming my name, like Brock, Brock, Brock. And I was like, what? They're like, your phone's ringing. And I was like, oh shit, it's my agent. So I pick it up. I'm like, hey man. And he's like, you're going to be a brewer. And I said, what? And just like the, like completely unexpected. And so, you know, that was just a whirlwind of emotions right there. Mm-hmm. And, um, after that, we, we got in contact with the front office to, to sign the paperwork, um, which was the next week. And, um, I headed out to Arizona right after that. So I was playing within like two weeks, um, of, of me signing, um, or since the draft day. And then, um, you know, after you play a couple of games to get, to get back in the swing of things, you know, I played for a month, um, they send you off to an affiliate and, you know, I've played uh, affiliate ball for the last two or three months, and that was, that was a blast. For sure, for sure. And you know what? I will say this. I will say this because I'm going to keep it real with you. You know, I got to show you some love. I got I to gotta rock with the Brew Crew, at least for tonight. Um, I definitely get where the Red Sox are coming from. Obviously, the move with Justin Turner makes sense. Man, Brock, the fact that you tell me this story, bro, it hurts my heart. It hurts <laughs> my heart. I mean, I'm looking at the Cubs take Matt Shaw 
We're talking about Brock. We're talking about a shortstop. I got Dansby Swanson, Jim's boy. I got Nico Horner. All I need is a third baseman in Brock, and I would have been in heaven. I would have been living. But, brother, like, I don't know. I don't know. But we can't live in that world. But fill me in. Uh, on, you know, you know playing up? against Matt Shaw, like, we played against him. You know, Matt, Matt Shaw's a dude. Matt Shaw's a stud. Like, you know, he, he deserves that just as much, yeah. as much as I do or anyone else does. So, you know, it, it's it's going to be crazy to see what happens and what, what moves they make this offseason and, you know, maybe the next offseason to, to get him up there. So it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. I was just looking at that, though, and I even texted Jim that night. I said, we took a shortstop. I go, that's crazy. And then I, the more I watch Matt's game, bro, pimping out grand slams like it's nothing. But yeah. I want to talk to you about what you've seen so far the conversations that you're having a, a big thing I love doing um, Jim and I did it so heavily last year on pros and Joe's is kind of talking about guys that you've built relationships with throughout the organization and guys that going into the go walking into the clubhouse, you're parking in the parking lot. However, you're getting there, you know, you want to pick the brain of who's somebody, whether that be in minor league ball or just in the majors that you're just really excited to talk to and who have you really built that connection with? Yeah, I think I think there's a couple guys that I've kind of really grown grown close with. Um, one of them being uh, my Double A manager. Um, his name is Mike Guerrero. He is just a defensive wizard. Um, you know, he's really helped me improve my defensive game just over the last three weeks here in uh, Arizona for instructional league. You know, just helped me defensively tremendously. Um, you know, just helping me move better, giving me little tips on, on moving my feet and my first step. Um, so every day, you know, I, I look forward to having 30 minutes to an hour long conversation with him just about defense. Um, and then, you know, later after we after we get our work in, uh, you know, we kind of just shoot the shit. We hang out. We're we're really good friends, um, you know, outside of baseball and outside of the manager player role, um, which is awesome. Um, another guy that I really love, his name is Charlie Green. Um, he's our assistant director of player development. And you want to talk about a guy that has been around the game and, and knows the game and just wants you to play it the right way. Um, he's a guy. And, you know, I really trust him, I think, the most in the organization with with anything that I can I can go to him um, about problems, uh, successes, whatever it may be. I can just go to him about. Um, and, you know, I was I was fortunate enough to go hit VP on, on the big league field uh, a month ago. And, you know, just being there with with Yelich and Wilson. Um, Wilson's brother, William Contreras, um, you know, the better, the the better brother. <laughs> yeah, he had, a, he had a good year. So, uh, you know, just picking the brains of, of all stars and being able to be in the room and guys like South Frelick, who were just just drafted um, and debuted, you know, a year and a half later. Guys like right. that, who, who I look up to and, and want to do the same thing as those guys. Um, treated me really well and, and a lot of respect, um, which goes a long way with me. And, you know, if, if they're willing to, to say some of the things that, that they want me to do and to, to achieve a lot of goals that I can achieve, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever, it, whatever it takes. Without a doubt. And we got one more for you before we hand it off to Tommy, you know, you, you talk about that and, and really getting into having that conversation about, Hey, listen, I'm sitting with Yelich. I'm sitting with, the better Contreras and, and so many others and, and really just taking it all in, really just being a sponge. And you wasted no time, man. I mean, you had an absolute season. I mean, showing everybody why you're a first round pick, hitting a no doubter. You batted 285 with five home runs and 29 RBIs in 47 games, climbing your way to double A. Like talk about like 
especially like we just talked about Matt Shaw. We just talked about a bunch of guys who, you know, you look at it in the draft and you say, okay, like they're going to take their time on this. You know, they're going to say, you're going to play rookie ball. You're going to go high A. It's going to take some time. You're flying the rankings. You're right below AAA. So talk to us about that process and just trusting yourself the whole way through. Yeah, well, you know, first off, I, I just have to be so grateful for, for the opportunity that they've even given me to to reach the point where I'm at right now because not too many guys, um, especially in this year's draft class, have, have reached double A and just got to, you know, even if I was there for a week and a half, just to experience what double A baseball is like, you know, that is the closest thing to the big leagues. Um, you know, a lot of those guys are, are potential big leaguers and, you know, just on our squad alone, we had eight or nine of our top 30 prospects in our org, you know, playing on, on one double A team. So these are guys that I'm going to be playing in the big leagues with in the future. So for, for me to already, you know, kind of gel and mix in with them, that was just a, a good time in itself. But then going against the competition, um, I mean, that is the closest thing that, that I've seen to the big leagues where you got every dude is 95 to 100 with a wipeout slider. And, you know, it's it's in the zone and it's it's really good shit every pitch. And it's like, all right, you know, I, I'm going to have to work a lot harder for these at bats than I did in, in, in high A in college, you know, in, in those types of scenarios. So, you know, being able to, to go and, and pick on guys like Yelich and like Sal Frelick, who who have been there in my same situation. Um, you know, it's it's been a real blessing to to have guys like that in my corner. When you talk about the amount of guys on your team, did you happen to see, and Mike, I know you saw this, did you happen to see every team ranked per the prospects, you know, um in order team to team? Uh I'm not sure. I didn't I don't the think Brewers that. the Brewers are ranked number one. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean our no, I mean team, that, that speaks was... to what you said. That's that's the the actual official rankings based upon what they feel like is in each system, they had the Brewers number one. So that says is it speaks exactly what you were just talking about, the guys that you're surrounded by that you were playing with. But I will say and that's, that's a good thing about the Brewers too, is like, you know, you're with the Brewers and they're not they're not a, a huge market team like right. LA or like Atlanta or like New York, guys that can just go out there and buy a lot of their big league players to make them good. You know, they're really strong on, on homegrown guys. And for me to be one of those homegrown guys and for me to play with a lot of the other homegrown guys that are going to be, you know, in the big leagues very soon, it was it was it was a blast. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And, you know, I, I will say one thing that the Brewers don't have is White Lightning Tommy. Tommy, we got to get to you, man. We got to talk about it. Um, you know, you make that phone call. My man said no. Got a better number, says, man, fuck it, let's ride, let's do it. Take me through what happens after that. How soon are you in the facilities? How soon are you excited to get ready to play some ball? Um, what are those conversations like the next couple of days? Obviously, travel and, and everything else that endures in that. So, I got drafted, and then, like, a week, a week and a half after, I ended up going out to Arizona and I was just doing like my like small workouts and different things, kind of just like amping up. And then I ended up signing like I think the twenty second was just like a week after I went. I got out to Arizona, so it was like a week after I got out to Arizona. And then kind of immediately after, I ended up started playing in the ACL, and I was playing there. And I got 
I played four games, and then in my fifth game, I in the first inning, I ended up just like rolling my ankle and getting hurt, and then I was out for a month. So I ended up, I mean, my season, my time pro ball like this year kind of came to an end pretty quick. Right. Um, but it was all right. I mean, I had a good time. I had, I mean, it was a good experience for sure. And I had a good time. And I like, I I really, I feel like I kind of, I'm starting to get the hang of things a lot. And I'm really starting to like facing the, I mean, the pitching out there, it's not always the best with like strike throwing, but some of the guys, some of the guys out there still have a lot of good shit. Like, oh yeah, I, mean, I still have good shit. And it's just like, I mean, some people don't throw as many strikes, but I mean, some of my bats are still real tough. And I mean, you just got to do your thing out there and just play hard, especially in a place like the complex. I mean, mm-hmm. you're out there and just kind of got to have your own flame. You got to play with your own chip on your shoulder. What's it like? Yeah, you got, what's it like for like, you guys? Uh, you know, talking about those leagues. You know, what's it like going from y'all were out and at the couch and y'all were having sellout crowds. And then you go play in Omaha with 25,000 plus people to, you know, and this is a question we have for guy, all the guys who go through the minor league system. Right. And then, and then you go to somewhere there, there's, there's some nights where it might be packed and then there's some nights might be 20 people out there. Like what's it like to go from like absolutely packed crowds to that. So for me, yeah, I didn't play minor league baseball, so we didn't have fans. So it was a total. <laughs> so so uh, what, that's even was, wilder was, for you. Like you just total, played in front of nobody. Total, it was, Total 180 for me. And that's why I said, like, when you, especially when you're in the complex, but anywhere else, even you just got to play with your own chip on your shoulder and play hard. I bet the sound of hearing yeah, always ain't. sounded good, right, though? Because when you ain't got a whole bunch of fans, you can hear it. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Now, I, I, I was going to get, hold on, I was going to get Brock's because Brock, Brock said he did play. What, what oh, was yeah, it like for you? Dude, it's, it's completely different. You know, you're, you're in front of, you know, 10,000 people. In the, at the couch, and then you, you you go. We go to Omaha, the pinnacle of amateur baseball. You know, playing in front of thirty thousand people every day, and then you go to the ACL, and you're playing in front of four people, and those four people <laughs> is either a girlfriend or some scouts from the other team, and you're like, "What the shit am I doing right now?" And you're probably one of four guys that speaks English on the whole ACL team. You know, the complex team. You're like all right, dude, this sucks. And, but like, like Tom said, you just, you just got to have your own flame. You gotta, you gotta light your own fire in, in those situations. And, you know, for me, it was, it was completely different because, you know, I love that energy, you know, me and Tom kind of this year kind of love that energy and kind of had a lot of flame together. And, you know, when we hit a double, we're, we're yelling at their dugout, you know, we're, we're hyping each other up. Like it was one of those things where, you know, if you do, if you do that, in, in minor league baseball in a non-playoff scenario, you look like a tool bag and you're like, who the fuck is this guy? You know what I'm saying? So Mike, like, Mike, let me yeah, let me direct that to you, Mike. Would you would you bat flip or pimp a home run with four people in the uh the crowd? I think there's levels to it. You know what I mean? Like it, you know, like it's gotta be a personal thing for you. You know what I mean? It's gotta mean <laughs> something. You just can't flip the flip. Like there's gotta be something at stake. If it's the first inning and it's zero zero and you flipping with four dudes in the crowd, I'm kind of like, man, like what are we what are we talking Rock, about? Rock, are you so, still rocking the cradle when you when you come across home plate? No chance. No chance. Uh, I think <laughs> I think I think there was one time I did it, and that was because um we were we were in it was my first home game in our high affiliate. 
And uh, our second rounder, Mike Bovee, got called up. And so it was the first time that we were playing together on the same team. And uh, he's another infielder, plays second base. And we had, you know, just everyone from our organization and the player development side, you know, uh, our assistant director of player development, our hitting coordinators were there, our pitching coordinators were there. And they're like, well, we came to see what you guys can do. And it was like, me and Mike look at each other like, did they actually just say that? And it's right before we have to go off to the national anthem. And we're like, oh, thanks for fucking putting pressure on us, guys. Like, appreciate it. And we end up hitting back-to-back homers in our first at-bats. And it was the coolest shit I've ever, like, done in my entire life. And I'm like, me and him getting a dugout. And we're just, like, hugging each other. It was it was a cool experience. But I think that was the only time I rocked the baby. And I was I, in the dugout. I'm going to make sure Nick Kurtz just heard it was a cooler experience because y'all hit back to back, and I'm sure he's gonna take that personally. Now he's definitely whoa, taking whoa, your home run record. Ball, uh huh. Yeah, he's taking your home run record now. Bro. Run it's personal. Bro, bro. He's gonna have that Tommy mentality. He's coming for blood, without a doubt. Without a doubt. But man, Tommy, talk to me about it, bro. Like you, you get injured, you get a little banged up, and you know we're having these conversations about, you know what it's like and who you're trying to pick the brain of, but you're also just trying to get the feet right back from under you and whose brain were you able to pick and kind of just maybe, maybe not have conversation about, but being injured, not being on the field, not having those same kind of energies as everybody else, kind of just getting to watch, kind of just getting to be a coaching on the sideline, a player coach, getting to see how everybody else moves. What was that like for you? And who were you really excited? Especially when we talk about this team, a very young team, a very young team, got some studs in the majors, uh, some guys who are knocking out White Sox players. I mean, you love to see it. Um, you know, it, it's definitely <laughs> one of those things where, I mean, they got paused. They got paused. Tommy, and, man, Tommy, Tommy, for, you know what? Scratch that. Tommy, I want that first question answered. But first, talk to me about your first experience with Tim Anderson when you see him on the diamond. How's that going to go? We kicking ass? Come on, Tommy. Talk to <laughs> me. We kicking ass? <laughs> If I got to, shit. I mean, I ain't going out of my way to pick no fight, but my, if we rock it, we rock it. That's all I know. Mike yeah, I knows him. He's going to go say that you talk shit about him. Watch this. I do. And you know what? You know what, though, Tommy? Just from this one experience, I know Tim's got nothing for you, bro. He's got nothing. He's got nothing on you, bro. He ain't got, he ain't about it like that. But for real, though, like talking about your injury and, and just being a sponge, kind of having those conversations, who was somebody that really took you under their wing and you just got to pick the brain up? Um, I'd say, so one of our, our head coach for instructs, I'd say our head coach for, for instructs a guy named Lope, Lopez. He, uh, I mean, he just, he kind of, I think he got hurt last year in spring training or something. He's not playing anymore, but he was always on my ass, but it was in a good way. Cause he, I mean, he was always on my ass in a good way trying to help me out all the time and that was kind of a guy that I talked to more than anyone um we didn't really we didn't really have a bunch of like big leaguers around rehabbing and stuff I mean we had a guy named Ghost who used to be center fielder for Tigers who's a pitcher now and I picked his brain a little bit and it was kind of cool to hear some of the shit he said about like kind of like the mentality you kind of have to have especially being at the complex and shit like that and I mean, hearing his mentality on it, I mean, it's kind of like kind of eye opening because I mean, it's kind of I'm a I'm gonna say some cuss words right here, but for him, he pretty much put it to me like this. He was like, 
I put the hottest girl in the world right here in front of you, would you do it? And I was like, for sure, like 100%. And he was like, well, that's what you got to think. That's how you got to think of baseball. He was like, you're just doing the hottest girl in the world every day out here. But it's just instead of the hottest girl, it's just the hottest fucking place in America. So you're just out here and you're grinding. We got one of the biggest pimps in all of minor league baseball. Speaking of that, that you might have crossed paths with our guy, Dylan Lucia. Did you get any chance to see him play at all? Come on. Any well, he, well, he didn't him? play because my not, man I had to have not, TJ. I have not seen him play. He's been rehabbing. But I will say that dude is a character, for one. Dude, all right, so, Tommy, let me tell you. I went to Atlanta with this cat. We we did a, a whole big thing, meet and greet, got him introduced to a bunch of rich folks that invested in him, whatever. I did not sleep for two nights, three days. I sent Mike the pictures. Like, my eyes – were so bludgeoned. I look like death yeah. because I would not let this dude out of my sights because he had a week until the draft and he was within off the bench. So I, I like, and he is such a clown, but the, what makes it wild is when he gets on that mound, like it's different, man. Like d- dude shoves as good as anybody I've seen. I mean, I, I watched him obviously in Omaha do his thing, but before that he had, he came into Baton Rouge and he gave up uh the fir- very first at bat. He gave up a home run, to Dylan Cruz and he talked about it. He said it absolutely pissed him off. He didn't give up another hit the rest of the night. Dude, dude is just something else on the mound. But if you take him out of the baseball stadium, he's a clown, bro. Like he cuts up and like you got to worry about like keeping him out of jail. And so it's interesting. Uh that's why we wanted to know if you ran into him because we we need to make sure Dylan's, you know, keeping himself oh, yeah. straight. Yeah, he's doing good. He's doing good. He uh he is a character. I will say that, but he is fun to hang around. He is very fun. I will say this too, too. I mean, Jim, man, I don't know. I can't speak on, especially with Mrs. Cross, you know, always, always tuning in to every episode. She's one of the best listeners. But my man looked like he had double pink eye and triple Adderall when he sent me those pictures. <laughs> man, I, I was, well, I don't know what was going on in those clubs. But he, man. he didn't ever go to sleep the whole weekend. It was amazing. And I would not let him out of my, he got, it was 4 a.m. He's like, oh, I'll just go ahead and go home. I'll be all right. I'm like, we in Atlanta? I don't even know where we're at in Atlanta at that point. Um, He's made me go toe-to-toe, shot-for-shot with him. I mean, at the time, I'm 37. He's 21, bro. You obviously know how that's going. Mid-40s at that point. I mean, oh, yeah, mid-40s according to Twitter. So, like, it was just like – According like, to X. I, I am not letting you – I am not letting you out of sight, dog. You're not going to jail, and then they're going to be like – Oh, he was with Jim from in off the bench in Atlanta at, a, at an event. And, uh, Never I, seen again, dog. Just lost. Yo, Tom, Look. Tom that kind of sounds like you, bro. <laughs> nah, Me- bro, nah. Me- meanwhile, I take – look, I take Gidry and Herring to, to New Orleans. You know what the best part was, Mike? They're both only 19 years old. They couldn't get in anywhere anyway. I didn't have to worry about it. <laughs> Man, it happens, bro. It happens. I remember being there. Next, the thing, the thing is, the event next year that they want me to bring guests to. This is a scary thought for you. They want me to bring them to Vegas, bro. I ain't trying to babysit in Vegas. We talking about Atlanta, New Orleans. Now we doing Vegas. I mean, Vegas is, you know, Mike, Vegas. Is maybe we should pretend Vegas. that you're a superstar. They won't know. They won't know. Hey, man. Well, I'm five eight. I think they'll know. But um, you know, that's, that's right. just, you just, that was personal towards Tommy. Tommy five eight, bro. Yeah, but, like, there's a difference. You know what I mean? Like, Tommy's out here, and Tommy's like, fuck you. I'm just kind of out here, and I'm just, like, <laughs> hanging out. He'll, you know he'll teach I mean? you how to He'll teach you how to have the swagger and, and put it on, bro. 
Oh, I got it. It's just a different level. I feel like, and you know, it's a whole different podcast. Like you be pull, you be put, you be pulling muscles playing flag football, bro. I'm, bro, dog. When I tell you, bro, like I literally pulled my groin the other day coming off a release. I was so pissed. But Tommy, we got one last one for you, bro. Like really breaking that down on the mentality you have. I'm a short king. I know what it is. It, it takes so much to get to that level, bro. Like I, in all seriousness, though, like. Against all odds, no matter what injury, where you come from, no matter who you are, you got to have that dog in you. You got to have that mentality. You talked about the flame, where you're at right now with your injury, what happened, only playing five games, having that conversation. Where are you at right now mentally when it comes to going into this winter and then further? Uh, mentally, I'm, I'm in a good spot. I mean – Shit happens. I rolled my ankle. Shit happens. And that's just kind of how it kind of what it was. I mean, it was a fucking routine fly ball and I was jogging and I rolled my ankle. It was kind of just like bad luck or some shit. I don't even know. And it was actually at the Brewers Field. That <laughs> bum, bum. It was actually at the Brock Brewers set Field you up, in bro. In the stadium. In the stadium, too. It was at the Brewers. But yeah, it's it kinda... in center. What's up? In center? Uh, I was playing left field. Oh yeah, left, left ain't. I, I ran in. I, I. It was a routine fly ball. I probably ran in like thirty feet, not even. It was kind of like a fly ball behind third base when I was just jogging, caught it, and rolled my ankle on the play. I didn't even know how the hell it happened. And so I got up, and then I started running to the dugout, and then I realized I was like, "Dude, this shit's fucked up." And Dude. I got. At least he still caught it, Mike. What if he was running this is the, and he this got is snipered, also, bro? What if he just buckled on the way know, to the I remember, ball? I remember that's happened a few times to a couple of cats. That happened to me when I tore my Achilles last year in the championship game. We had that same con- – I caught it, though. But I will say the rest of the game, I was horrible. But, yeah. you know, but, Tommy, um, I will say there is one stadium. There is one field, one facility. Me, myself, working grounds crew for three years there, I will oh, tell you God. that would Here never happen. Wrigley Field, Tommy. I do I don't know. Brewers set you up, bro. I don't know. Yeah. You know, like that shit would never happen on my watch. I just want you yeah. to know that before Jim takes it over. Yeah, but other than that, like the trainers and everything, they they do a great job. And I mean, I came back from injury in like I think I was playing in games within like twenty five days, mm-hmm. and I was back and I was playing and I played like two and a half weeks or something of instructs and then instructs was over and I got to come home and I had played well in instructs. I thought, and I thought everything, like, I think everything worked out well. And I, I mean, I'm going into this off season. I got to go back to Arizona on Sunday, go back to a camp and then I'll be off until spring training or whatever. But I mean, I, mean, I, I think it's I mean, gonna go- here's the thing. Baseball's your life, Tommy, but being that y'all, you know, made it to to the end of Omaha and that carried out and y'all had such a long season, I'm sure you didn't mind, man, getting a little bit of rest, if we're being honest. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't mind it. I mean, at all, I didn't mind it. But, I mean, it just sucked because, like, I mean, I got hurt and you just got to go to every single game to watch it. At that point, you're just like, damn, I want to play. So that's the only reason it sucked. And, like... I don't know. You're just out there every day, and you you kind of get to a point where, if especially if you're not playing, it kind of just kind of eats at you because you just watch all these people play, and you're just like, "Damn, like I could be doing this shit easily." Like, <laughs> right? But it is what it is, and 
I think it was just I, I mean I think it was just a little roadblock it don't ain't, ain't nothing but a thing you know absolutely well I want to talk to you boys about the upcoming Wake Forest team man um obviously a lot of your ex-teammates there's been some transfers in and everything but I you know y'all know my my pride is since we started in off the bench I'm three for three picking uh, national champions preseason. I've already narrowed it. It ain't even but October. I've already narrowed it down to four, Wake Forest being one of them. Um, dude, y'all have Hartle and Massey back, and then you add Burns to the rotation. Got to be the filthiest rotation in college baseball. I don't care what anybody says. We've obviously talked about Nick Kurtz and the power he's got. You bring in Seaver King, that, uh, you know, along with others to protect him in that lineup. I'll start with you, Brock, man. How excited are you to see what your Deeks do next year? Yeah, I mean, you know, you want – uh, Going, talking about your alma mater, you want nothing but the best for them. And, you know, after looking back at, after the draft and, you know, just talking to some, some of our other buddies, you know, Rhett and uh, Camden Manassee, a bunch of other guys, you, know, you kind of start to freak out about what's going to happen with them because, you know, we just, we just lost 10 dudes who played every single day um, who just took us to Omaha. You know, it's it's a little little scary, not only for us, but for the coaching staff and the other guys that are returning too, because you know they just lost ten of your best players from that one team. Um, but then to go out there and get guys like Burns, Seaver King, Tate Ballastero, Jeter Polito, and then our, our our really good freshman class coming in, I mean, it's going to be a really good mix of of a lot of guys that are are going to do the same thing, you know. Tom and I set the standard for these guys, and they got to live up to that standard now. Yeah, no, I mean, it, yeah. it's been amazing what they've done and continue to build. I think this is going to be something that's consistent. I think Wake Forest is going to be um, a team that's not just going to be a one-year wonder. Um, and really, y'all weren't a one-year wonder. Obviously, y'all progress with each year, but I think this is going to be a consistency. I think y'all are going to be the front runners in the ACC going forward. Let me ask you, Tommy, uh, I'm going to put this question to you. So let's let's say they make it to Omaha, like I predict. Y'all would be in midseason, right? So you got games. If you can find any way to make a flight and make it to Omaha and watch the Deeks play, are you doing it? Hundred mm. percent. My little brother's no on the team for sure. That's right. Your little brother is on the team. That's right. He's got for to. Sure. Brock, yes, you sir. making I'm, it? No doubt. No doubt in my mind. I'm I'm taking red eye after red eye. Like I'm, I'm being there no matter what, just because I know how cool that experience was for myself and, and to share it with guys like Tom and, and Cam and Nick and, you know, all of our teammates, it was just such a special moment. So, you know, if I can be there in, in any way, and you know, even give some motivation or, or, or whatever, you know, whatever it may be to just be there. I think that would be, that would, that would mean the world to me, especially making it back to back years. Tommy, yeah, that- talk to me a little bit really quick. Uh, little bro. He got the same spunk, same fire under him. He's a, if I if I hit up a little yeah. bro right now, is he gonna start swearing at me? <laughs> probably not. Probably not. He's a little bit more laid back than me. Um, he's do good. He does have a little crazy side to him, but he's definitely a little more laid back and straight and narrow than me. Cause I was kind of wide open growing up as a kid. It's just kind of how it was. He, he, he learned a lot from me growing up because I would always do the wrong shit and he'd just, <laughs> he'd he'd still do the wrong shit, but he just knew how to get away with it at that point. Right? <laughs> there it is. So, there. He said he said he robbed the bank, Jim, but instead of going right, he went left. That's what he I, did. I just want to know if he plays outfield too, so he has the opportunity to show nah, up. Nah, he, he plays middle infield. Oh, okay. 
Yes, sir. He plays middle infield and been here and he's doing real good. So it's kind of exciting for me to hear because, I mean, he's transferring from North Carolina and going to Wake. So it's a new spot for him. He's got to prove himself again. And he's just, I mean, he's doing that. And I, I'm really proud of him for real. Well, without knowing anything other than the fact that you just said he was even on North Carolina's roster, that Wake would even pick him up and that he's related to you, I have no doubt that he's got talent and um, he's going to he's gonna do big things. Yeah, um, you're going to see this year. That's, that's what's up. Um, you know, talking about the Omaha thing with you guys, it's one of the things uh, I'm very appreciative of you guys uh, – you know, that video that Spittin' Seeds took that I didn't even know they were taking, where, um, Mike, I don't know if you're aware of this, LSU was coming in on the other side, and me being an LSU fan, I went over to the Wake side because they had lost, and, man, I wanted to let my boys know how proud of them I was, and they happened to get me and Brock in a long conversation and a hug and everything, and then him taking a picture with Jax and the same thing with Kurtz and Tommy and everything, and the reason is, is because there's no doubt in my mind, man, like Florida was not the other championship team. And I know everybody say, you say what you want. That was the best two teams. And that was the best matchup. And I, I respectfully had to go over there, Mike, and pay my dues to these dudes. And, and it's also because I'd been talking to them all year. Right. Like I went all the way to Winston-Salem, me and my son drove to go see them, you know, Brock, Brock took care of me, got the tickets and everything. It's like, man, I really like grew a relationship with these dudes and they really were, where the adversaries easily could have won championship. And so like I put LSU to the side to come see them. And then the fact that somebody filmed that without me uh, knowing was pretty cool, man. And so, man, I just appreciate you guys for, you know, letting me be along for the ride to just enjoy, you know, an experience as like a, you know, a Wake Forest fan on the side. I know some people frown upon that, but if y'all weren't playing LSU, I was 100% behind y'all in every game y'all played. Yeah, it was fire, dude. I mean, Again, you talk about it. I think our three-game series with those guys was was the national championship. You know, you, you can say whatever you want, but, you know, for it to come down to those three games and for it to be those three games like that in a row, I mean – you you couldn't have you couldn't have if you're a fan you you got your money's worth with those yeah you're going you're going to extra innings whereas in the Florida series you had two LSU beatdowns of Florida and a Florida beatdown it wasn't close whereas you had massive pitching duels and oh and games going to extra innings like I mean the pressure was on like I mean I can only imagine being a player in that because as fans we're sitting there like holding our breath like and then you had the two best pitchers. It, undoubtedly no one can ever convince me otherwise going head to head and so yeah no nah, it, it was cool but you know I'll ask you guys on this upcoming team are y'all bold enough obviously you have Burns and Kurtz right now on the current draft mock draft board you have um, Kurtz at two and Burns at five and then obviously they're both on the preseason Golden Spikes watch list Will either of y'all be bold enough to say a Wake Forest player goes number one or gets Golden Spice? And even bolder, if you do say that, who you got? Um, personally for personally for me, you know, if if Nick Kurtz has a remotely close season to the season he had this year, I mean, he in my in my own opinion, that's the best player in the country. Um, and he's produced like that for three years. Uh, he's no doubt in my mind the best player in this upcoming draft, high school or college. Um, and you know he's also a winner, and and teams love that. Um, so I think I think he's got a shot to do both of those things. If if I'm being honest. 
What about you, Tommy? You, you going to go out with uh, that same limb? Uh, yeah, I mean, Kurtz is like the best, one of the best hitters I've ever fucking seen, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I think I think it's definitely him, or I think it, that's why I brought up Burns, because Burns dominated in the SEC, and he's coming over the ACC with the pitching lab, which, you know, y'all are well known for. I can't wait. Nick's already told me when I come out there, he's going to give me a tour of the whole thing and everything. Um, with what y'all are developing over there and with what Burns' filth already got, I think between what he's doing, going to be doing from the bump and what Nick can do, you know, hitting, I think it could be either of them. And you could be talking about a possible scenario. I know I might, I might be reaching, but it could be a repeat of what LSU just did with the number one and number two pick coming from the same team. Yeah, you ain't lying, dude. Like, if, if, if they both go out there and just do what they're capable of, it's going to be a repeat. And – you know, I'll just I'll just hit back on that on that Wake LSU game, especially that final game. And and you look back at it and you realize how many actual dudes were on that field at one time. I mean, it's got to be the greatest baseball game, college baseball game ever played because you're looking at it and you got four first rounders this year. You got at least four more next year on that on the on both teams that were already there, not including transfers that are coming in and all this other stuff. And then you got the other eight guys and the other 10 guys that were drafted from LSU. So you have 23, 25 guys drafted in one year from that one game. I mean, that's something that's something that's going to be talked about for the longevity of, of college baseball, in my opinion. Yeah, can absolutely. I, can I, uh, Jim, really quick, can I, can I, no, you're a Tennessee this, uh, fan. Nobody wants to talk about it. Well, right? I'm not talking Tennessee. I just want, I just want to know. I don't know if he's watching live or what's happening, but, um, Randy Jowers just sent me a text of in off the bench and said, I'm spying on you. And I was like, what are you talking about, bro? He, I don't know if y'all can see. Hold on. Let me, let me get, he sends I me sent a him picture. That, I sent him that picture. Bro, he sends me the, guys, he sends me this picture of us, all four of us. I'm like, this shit ain't live. Um, no, I sent him a, I sent him a picture. And you know why I sent it to him? Randy hates that I make in off the bench PG and don't let him cuss like he wants to. And I told him that y'all were acting a fool and cutting up and cussing. Right, first of all, first and he's, of all, and, he's, of all. and he's pissed about it because he wants to be on the show. Hey, you know, you know what I do want to say really quickly, Jim. You gotta let the kids play. The MLB's doing it. You should do it too. You gotta. Let I did. I let. Play. I let Tom. I let Tommy completely cut up. No, prior to Tommy, only one guy, and we brought him up already. Dylan Delucia came on right after yeah. the the College World Series and just man, he let it go because you know because that was me and you. You filled in that episode. I, I remember that. <laughs> But anyways, let's finish this thing out, man. These guys got a place to be. Let's, uh, let's do this or that. It's got new questions from the last time y'all were on. Y'all know how it goes. I give you two options. You pick one or the other. Can't say both. Can't say neither. Uh, I'll go Brock, then Tommy in each question. Uh, so first one out the gate, would you like breakfast for breakfast or do you like breakfast for dinner? Oh, I'm a big breakfast guy. Uh, I think both options are hard, hard to choose, but I'm going uh, breakfast for breakfast. All right, Tommy, what you got? Breakfast for breakfast. Y'all both suck. Breakfast dinners, but here's what I gotta know: the go-to item, Brock. What what is the the item that you have to have for breakfast? Uh, it's gonna be a hot take, but it's gonna be a uh, sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddle. Mm, okay. Mm. What about you? What about you, Tommy? Man, I just like some plain old bacon or sausage. 
I love Tommy so much, bro. Like it's not even funny. Bro. I mean, it's he ain't scary. wrong. If you just got bacon, you'll be okay in life. Tommy, Tommy can Tommy can come to any hood in Chicago and he is welcome any day. That is the breakfast of champions on this side, my brother. Shit, maybe uh, a piece of toast with that shit. Come on, I'm actually scared of the idea of the two of y'all together. Mike, you're kind of keeping it toned down. These dudes don't know about these messages or phone calls you'd be giving me in the middle. Hey, of- listen, bro. I don't know what you're talking about because it is a Chicago, a Chicago tradition. I teach you when you're young. Go Bears, go Cubs. And I didn't do it. So I didn't do it. I don't know what you're talking about. You want to tell them why you got kicked off the team in high school because you were passing a joint through the window at school? No. I don't exactly. Exactly. Elite athlete. First of all, first of all, and first of all, I've never heard of people passing passing a joint through the window at school. And first of all, I do want to say they lost two games straight, and then I was right back on the team and we won a championship that year. So I, you know what? Consistency is key, boys. You got to stay consistent. Don't <laughs> don't say you miss me and want to kiss me when y'all zero and two. But whatever, bro. <laughs> All right, Brock. <laughs> if, if you were left on an island um, and you were stranded there, and your options were either by yourself or with your worst enemy, what are you doing? My worst enemy. Um. Sheesh. Um. Who's my worst enemy, Tom? Hmm. Tommy's like, how am I supposed to know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, bro. I'd probably fend it for myself. I wouldn't trust that motherfucker. To- Tommy's probably picking his enemy and going to fight with him every day. I'm rocking with my enemy. They pissed me off. They, they ain't going to be my enemy no more. I'll tell you that. I'll be rocking alone. I think the best answer I've heard so far is yeah, ain't you, nothing you about can it. But I, at least have... I need some company. I'm going to need some company. <laughs> the the best answer I've heard I is like so talking. Even if it's with someone I hate. Even if even if it's with someone I hate, I still love talking. Y'all, y'all may hate this guy. I'm going to bring him up because he's had the craziest answer to this question. So, obviously, Griffin Herring had a hell of a game against y'all in Omaha, the LSU pitcher. Um, this man said he would pick his enemy because if he was out there long enough and starving, he'd eat their ass. And I was oh, like, oh, oh, okay. His dad texts oh, me after his oh. dad texts me after he after the he heard the episode. He goes, My son just put out there for the world that he's a cannibal. <laughs> or not a cannibal. Or not a cannibal. Yeah. Wild. I don't know if I could get desperate enough to eat somebody. I don't know. This is a, this is a little weird. I'm just gonna try to see. All right, no, because we're gonna we're gonna take it there. We got time. We got a little bit of time. We got a little bit of time. What parts do you eat, Jim? Like, like you, there has to be a section and like a bunch of different parts from all over the body that just you're you're just not. I'm gonna with. treat it like chicken, I guess. I'm going thigh. You or thigh, or or like or like the meat in your chest, like you know. Well, now I want my worst enemy to be a female. Now that we're we're going this route, now I mean we're gonna take it too far, like because then that's gonna open <laughs> options different, like. But I'm just saying. My worst enemy probably is a female, someone from the past. But we're moving on before we whoever whoever made that Twitter account is who you're going to be with. (laughs) I've been doing more steroids than Barry Bond. They better watch out. Um, Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather? Would you rather own a massive yacht or a private jet, Brock? I got to go PJ. 
I got to go PJ with that one. You know, you go anywhere you want, and in the matter of a phone call, yeah, let me get that. And I never got to pay for a flight again. I don't need to go in the ocean. You know Fuck how this. much gas you have to put in a yacht, too? That's crazy. No, actually, I just realized that Tommy did have this question on his, and I already know his answer, and he's got the right answer. Go ahead and tell him, Tommy. Yacht. Yeah, yeah Tom, I forgot. Tom's Tommy Tommy guy, did have bro. this question on his episode. I forgot. Tommy was that. just fishing earlier, though. He's, he's nah, training. Not no, no, I'm not. I was not fishing earlier. I I have to. I was getting my boat ready because I'm fishing a tur- I'm fishing a king mackerel tournament tomorrow, the U.S. Open. I got win. I can win like 150 G's. So I got to catch like a 55 pound king tomorrow to win this bitch. That's all. Tommy's I'm gonna go. start winning fishing tournaments and just quit baseball. Watch this. Yeah, show. facts. Tommy, facts. if I wake up tomorrow, bro, and I'm blocked on Instagram, I know you won that tournament, huh? He's just gonna <laughs> cut ties with everybody. He go. Nah, nah. <laughs> we all-, all right this last one this is a good one because you know obviously what happened in omos this is it i offer you million dollars cash i come in there duffel bag on the table or i put that championship national championship ring next to it and i tell you you can have one or the other brock what you taking i'm gonna ring no doubt about it tommy I'm taking that motherfucking money, boy. <laughs> yeah. I already lost that shit. I'm out of uh, That's all uh, I've already lost. I already know what that feeling's like. Bro, boy, yeah, bro you, you, you don't know what it feels like to win. You don't know what it feels like to win. Well, no, I'm, a, I'm not. I don't know what it feels like. Hold on, hold on, like hold on, hold on. He hey, plays hey, for the Brewers. Hey, I don't know what it feels like to have a million dollars either, so. Look, I'll be honest, but I do, so that's why I ain't choosing it. So we've we've had 24 guests this season, and it took to the 24th episode to have somebody actually pick money, and it was somebody with a national championship ring. We had the star player from Kentucky Volleyball on, and she straight up said, I'll give you my ring right now for a million dollars and not even think twice. And I was like, damn, it took 24 people because everybody else like, I want that ring. And it's like, y'all say that. If I drop the duffel bag with a a million dollars cash in it, I want to see you actually turn it down and keep your ring. I ain't turning that shit down. Me neither. I'm going straight to the casino or something with it. <laughs> Mike, Mike, I'm going to ask you it from a different perspective, a fan perspective. I tell you, I give you a million dollars right now, or I'll give you, I'll, I'll, I'll up the ante for you. Back to back Cubs World Series. A million. No, he won't. No, he won't. No, he won't. No, he won't. The reality of the situation is where I come from, bro. And where I come from, bro. I gotta get the fuck out of here. So I take the million. I take the million and go break. I want you to come down here to Memphis, just like you said you wanted to come to the. I got the Grizz Suns tickets down by the floor. It's on you to get here, man. I'm wearing my KD Cupcake shirt. I got my D Rose jersey ready. I'm here for it, bro. But listen, man. I want to say first and foremost, we're so happy to be back. Jim and I have been trying to get this going. They had your boy working overnights for a while. I couldn't do pros and Joes. I hated it. Hated it. But we're gone. It's all FedEx all the way. Fuck UPS. Right, Tommy? But with that being said, appreciate you guys coming on. You can check out these fine gentlemen on Instagram and all social media accounts. You can check Brock on Brock.Wilkins. And then Tommy Hawk with two E's. No periods. No underscores. (laughs) Straight raw. Just like his game. But love to see it. You can check Jim Cross. The real part of me. I have to actually say this because I guess people have time in their day to make fake Jim Cross accounts. I guess that's how you know you made it. You can find the real Jim Cross at jcross2146. You can find me at the shy.kid. That's C-H-I.kid. 
We appreciate you guys for tuning in today. Next week, we got a couple of legends. Number one overall pick and 38th overall pick, Paul Skeens and Ty Floyd. Going to be a lot of fun. Going to be exciting. Thank you guys for listening. This is episode one of season two of Pros and Joes.